Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island, pairing beer and music since 1988. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago, Illinois. Listen critically, enjoy responsibly. There had been abuse in my family, uh, but it was mostly musical in nature. Are you ready to get your world rocked? Ready! Are you ready to get your mind blown? Do it! One, two, three, four! Get ready, listeners, because we're about to take you on a journey through the fourth dimension. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cox. This week, we're going to rock around the clock with our favorite songs about time. Then, we'll review the surprise album from Kendrick Lamar. That's coming up on Sound Opinions. This is Sound Opinions, and later on in the show, Jim, we're going to discuss the new Kendrick Lamar record. If you are a superstar, rapper, singer, rock band, it is practically a given that you're not going to tell anyone anything about the new project that you've got coming out. It's going to be a complete surprise, and Kendrick's was no exception. I find this lack of hype refreshing, Greg. That's later in the show, but first we have some music news. That is Please Please Me from a group you may have heard of, The Beatles, produced by a man named George Martin, who died a few days ago at the age of 90 at his home in England. George Martin, commonly referred to as the fifth Beatle. Of course, we have John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, Ringo Starr, but the quartet was not complete, it seemed, unless George Martin was also in the studio with them, producing all of their greatest records. And that was one of the first big ones. Please Please Me was the first major hit from the Beatles in 62. It's important to note that when the Beatles came to George Martin, they were rejected by every label in England. Martin took a shot on the band, signing them to the Parlophone label at the time because they needed a you know, a new band, a band that would represent this new rock and roll that was starting to emerge in the U.K. And, and he saw something, heard something in the Beatles. Jim, it's a, it's a great story about George Martin because, uh, you know, he had his, this background, basically turned Parlophone's fortunes around in the 50s by producing comedy records yeah. by people like Peter Sellers, The Goon Show. He was working with them as well. The Beatles were huge fans of The Goon Show. So they, he related to the guys on their sense of humor. They shared a to, sense of humor, yeah. Yes, their, their ability to tell jokes back and forth. wasn't so impressed with them musically. <laughs> I mean, this was basically a band that had cut its teeth in a live setting and really didn't really know its way around a recording studio. George Martin took them by the hand. He was a classically trained producer. Hadn't really had a chance to uh, work on his musical chops. He hadn't had a lot of experience producing hit records for pop groups up until that point. So the Beatles were in some ways his entree 
into the world of popular music and rock and roll. And at the same time, the Beatles learned a lot from George, especially in those early days, on how to make studio recordings. They went from complete novices to sort of flipping the script. And I think one of the important things about Martin was his adaptability. He never got to the point where he felt so superior to the guys, where he said, no, no, I've got the final word. When he realized that the Beatles were starting to really get the idea of how to use this new technology in the studio around 64, 65, 66, he started to turn over the driver's seat to them in the studio and help them facilitate the ideas rather than initiating them. Well, they respected him enormously, Greg. We bumped with Please Please Me for a reason. He said when the the song was first played for him by the group that it was dreary. He's the one who recommended to double the tempo and to add that harmonica. He also was instrumental in convincing them that maybe Pete Best wasn't the best drummer. Ringo Starr came in instead. The Beatles were already going in that direction, but when he said, I think you're right, they put a lot of weight behind that. I saw a tweet from Ringo Starr. Mm. It was simply, God bless George Martin, for so many reasons. You're talking about the change in 66, and of course, Revolver is the first masterpiece of using the recording studio as an instrument. Now, Martin was a classically trained pianist and oboist. He was excellent at arranging orchestra. He's the one that said, let's bring in strings for this song yesterday. He's the one that said, let's bring in flutes. Let's bring in the orchestra. Eventually, of course, they go whole hog on that concept with Sgt. Pepper and the later recordings. Famously, for a little bit of a tag at the end, he played John Lennon's vocals backward Mm. on the song Rain, and then he joked from that point on, the Beatles (laughs) wanted everything backward all the time. Those records, I think, stand. Martin's career, I don't think, ever matched the heights with the Beatles. Probably the best non-Beatles record he ever made was with Cheap Trick. You know, the other recordings, the Bee Gees, America, Mahavishnu Orchestra. It was a true partnership with the Beatles. And man, look at how productive. Between 62 and 70, 13 albums and 22 singles Mm -hmm. he helmed for the group, as well as writing the orchestral instrumental music for some of their movies. I think we can't do any better to pay George Martin tribute than to to do one of the great psychedelic recordings, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite from Sgt. Pepper's. Not my favorite Beatles album, Revolver is, but this track stands tall. It was Martin who suggested, let's bring in some of these calliope organ circus sounds, and then when they were sounding a little bit too canned, he and John Lennon cut them up into pieces, threw the tape pieces up in the air, (laughs) shuffled them on the floor, put them back together arbitrarily, and that's what you hear on the recording. I think that kind of invention is timeless. It's as fresh today as it was when this album was released. Let's hear this. uh, George Martin with the Beatles, for the benefit of Mr. Kite on Sound Opinions. For the benefit of Mr. Kite, there will be a show tonight on trampoline. Pablo Frank is there, what a scene Over men and horses, hoops and garters Lastly through a hogshead of real fire In this way, Mr. K will challenge the world The celebrated Mr. K performs his feet on Saturday at Bishop's Gate Hendersons will dance and sing As Mr. Kite flies through the ring Don't be late 
Let us K and H assure the public their production will be second to none. And of course, Henry the Horse dances the waltz. That is Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite by the Beatles, as produced by George Martin, dead at the age of 90. For more on those great Beatles productions of the 60s, uh, go to our archives at soundopinions.org and check out our interview with Jeff Emmerich, one of the Beatles engineers from that period. Greg, that, of course, is the opening of Time by Pink Floyd from the Dark Side of the Moon, probably the most famous song in rock history about that subject, Time. Also, I would add, the greatest tuned rototom solo ever. (laughs) Uh, I love Nick Mason on drums there. You know, this idea of time in rock and roll, the time signature that drives rock and roll is so simple. Four, four, one, two, three, four, Mm -hmm. one, two, right? You know, but but playing with the clock and incorporating that element and thinking existentially of our time on Earth and making the Mm -hmm. most of our time and the great rock and roll credo, be here now, live for the moment, right? You know, we always have these lists of, of great topics for uh, uh, songs uh, to examine that have, uh, you know, across the genres ha- have dived into this topic. And and time's been on the list for a long time. It's time now <laughs> to do our show about great songs about time. Yes, many, many to choose from, Jim. And I'm going to kick it off with a song by Ice Cube, the uh, great NWA uh, rapper. There was just a biopic about this group that came out last year. And Ice Cube's solo career, immediately after he left N.W.A., especially those early Ice Cube Mm. records, uh, early 90s, really strong records, powerful music, describing what it was like to be a young African-American growing up in a neighborhood like Compton, California, a ghetto run by gangs, rife with police harassment to hear N.W.A. and others talk about it on their records. This was part of the culture of the 80s that led to the L.A. riots in the early 90s, this atmosphere of violence, paranoia, and day-to-day fear uh, that led up to that rioting. Ice Cube addresses it in the song It Was a Good Day, which is basically, you know, when you talk about a song about time, he's basically taking us through a typical day that he experienced growing up in Compton. What was that day like? The song begins with him saying, just waking up in the morning, got to thank God. Thank God I'm alive to live at least a few more hours today. Not sure about what tomorrow's going to be like, but today I've got these few hours at least that I got up in the morning and I'm alive. And it ends uh, two in the morning, got a fast food hamburger, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and the day's a pretty good day. He's almost having this fantasy about everything's going well today. I don't have to worry about getting shot. I don't have to get worried about 
getting picked up by the police because of the color of my skin. I, I don't have to worry about fate turning a corner and looking at a Glock. It's this kind of world that is so rare for the benefits that can be extended to a human being, the basic things that we take for granted, like having a meal, coming home safely, going to bed at night without hearing the sound of gunfire on the street corner. So Ice Cube, a very ironic look at what it was like to grow up in that neighborhood and giving thanks for surviving it day to day. So a diary-like song, it was a good day, it was a huge hit, had tremendous resonance in the 90s, helped build Ice Cube's solo career, but I think on another level, uh, as a song about time and speaking to the culture that young men like Ice Cube grew up in, it's still a timeless song in its own right. Ice Cube, it was a good day on Sound Opinions. Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank God, I don't know, but today seems kind of odd, no barking from the dog, no small. And mama cooked the breakfast with no hug. I got my grub on, but didn't dig out. Finally got a call from a girl I wanna dig out. Hooked it up for later as I hit the dope. Thinking, will I live another 24? I gotta go, cause I got me a drop top. And if I hit the switch, I can make the ass drop. Had to stop at a red light. Looking in my mirror, not a jacker in sight. And everything is alright. I got a beat from Kim. She could do it all night Called up the homies and I'm asking y'all Which part are y'all playing basketball? Get me on the court and I'm troubled Last week messed around and got a triple-double Freaking brothers every way like MJ I can't believe today was a good day To the pad and hit the showers Didn't even get no static from the cowards Cause just yesterday them booze tried to blast me Saw the police and they rolled right past me No flexing, didn't even look in a brother's direction As I ran the intersection Went to show dog's house They was watching your TV raps What's the haps on the craps? Shake them up, shake them up, shake them up, shake them Roll them in a circle of homies and watch me break them with a 7 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven, 7-Even back though, little Joe I picked up the cash flow Then we played bones and I'm yelling domino Plus nobody I know got killed in South Central LA Today was a good day It was a good day from Ice Cube on Sound Opinions, a song about time. What do you got first for us, Jim? Greg, I've been on a bit of an XTC kick lately, really rediscovering those perfect power pop albums that that group made. I'm going to go a little uh, left of XTC, though, for their alter ego band, the Dukes of Stratosphere. The Dukes of Stratosphere was the the costume, much like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, that XTC put on in 1985. They released a mini-album on April Fool's Day, appropriately enough, initially not saying it had any connection to the group. People figured it out soon enough. The psychedelic Beatles of Revolver, of Sgt. Pepper's, bands more obscure than that like The Creation, and of course the Sid Barrett Pink Floyd, had always been huge influences on XTC. And this was that band having some fun. You know, XTC 
despite the effervescence of so much of the music, was not a fun band. Andy Partridge suffered from agoraphobia and horrible stage fright. It ended the group's touring career. You know, his bandmates, Dave Gregory and Colin Moulding, sort of resented that, and Andy was a bit of a dictator, you know, always always setting the terms for the recordings. They had worked with Todd Rundgren and not gotten along because nobody told Andy Partridge what to do. But here, they were goofing around. I think that the title of the mini-album, 25 O'Clock, is the best thing they did as the Dukes of Stratosphere, in part because psychedelic rock is especially obsessed with time, all right? One of the things, so I've read, uh, about the psychedelic experience is the elongation and then the speeding up of time. The clock no longer ticks the way you think it's going to. Of course, there is no 25 o'clock. And the maudlin sort of melancholy part of the song comes in that Andy Partridge is singing about 25 o'clock is when you're going to be mine. That's when we'll be together till the end of time. He's he's longing after this woman who is finally going to be his. He's going to realize his his dreams of love at 25 o'clock, except it's never going to be 25. Right? What, what a perfect pop song. Here's the Dukes of Stratosphere on Sound Opinions. Five. o'clock by the Dukes of Stratosphere, known to their moms as XTC. When we come back, we're going to reveal more of our favorite songs about time. Then we're going to review the new album from California rapper Kendrick Lamar. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX.
three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're going to rock around the clock tonight. Put your glad rags on. Join me, hon. We'll have some fun when the clock strikes one. We're going to rock around the clock tonight. We're going to rock, rock, rock till broad daylight. We're going to rock, going to rock around the clock tonight. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott. And we are running down, we're rocking around the clock, Greg, running down some of our favorite songs of all time on the subject of time. What do you got next? Jim, classic theme about time uh, throughout rock and roll, this whole notion of rebelling against the man, you know, rebelling against the guy you work for, looking forward to the weekend, you know. Monday rolls around, and the only thing you can really think about is how am I going to get to Friday, Yeah, you know. On the work week, so many songs have been written about. I think one of the best was written by an Australian band called the Easy Beats in the 60s. What they were doing here, the guys in these Australian rock bands, when you talk to them about cutting their teeth on the Australian pub scene, they said there is no single place more raucous on earth, it seems, than an Australian pub around closing time at the factory at 5 o'clock. Because everybody's ready to celebrate. Everybody's ready to explode as the weekend hits. And I think the Easy Beats were coming out of that environment. Written by the two main songwriters in the band, George Young and Harry Vanda, ACDC fans will recognize those names. Those two fellows produced the early ACDC records in the 70s. In fact, George Young was the older brother of Angus and Malcolm Young in ACDC. Prior to that, he was in the Easy Beats and co-wrote this great song. What I love about this song is the almost the sadness, if not the despair, that you feel in some of those early verses. They, they, they're kind of draggy, and you sort of feel the inertia of starting that work week again. Mm-hmm. Here I am dragging myself out of bed to go to work. And then as they get towards Friday, the chorus starts to ascend. Those guitars start to drive. You can feel and hear the exuberance in their voices, and it perfectly encapsulates that mood of anticipation that comes over you as the weekend draws closer. Easy Beats with Friday on My Mind on Sound Opinions. Monday morning feels so bad Everybody seems to nag Coming Tuesday I feel better my own man looks good Wednesday just don't go Thursday goes too slow I got Friday on my mind Gonna have fun in the city Be with my girl, she's so pretty She looks fine tonight She's outside to me See one day Today I'm a real man 
Friday on my mind from the Easy Beats on Sound Opinions. Uh, another great song about time, Jim. What have you got? I got to say first that you, you were very eloquent in that, but we are rock critics. We often work on the weekend. I don't that know is true. Friday means the same yeah. for us. I'm going to stay on the psychedelic tip, Greg, and I'm going to play, I think, a song that represents the greatest use of cowbell in all of popular music history. Wow, high praise indeed. As well as just, just rhythmically, percussively, one of my favorite songs of all time, the Chambers Brothers' Time Has Come Today. The entire song, you know, has this this unstoppable march of time, the clock will not stop ticking <laughs> and moving forward sort of feel to it. And it is perhaps the single best example of psychedelic soul. It had a tortured history, recorded originally in 1966, at which point it was well, well ahead of its time, you know, before the first big psychedelic flowering. And then it's on an album in 1967 called The Time Has Come, but it doesn't become a hit single until 1968. Since that point, has been used in a million soundtracks. Anybody who wants to sort of capture the turbulence, weirdness, times they are a changing feel of the 60s era, it seems to turn to the Chambers Brothers. Again, I think it's the inventiveness of playing with the way in an altered reality time seems to mm. shift. There is that long midsection in the album version that goes off on this psychedelic jam and everything starts to seem as if you're moving underwater. And then we have a little bit of Little Drummer Boy thrown in, right? Mm. You know, and then it comes back to that insistent bomb, 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 bomb with the cowbell. Time has come today. My love has flown away. My tears have come and gone. And my my favorite line of just all time, right? The way the two brothers, you know, wrote the song, Willie and Joe Chambers, the way one of them says, my soul has been psychedelicized. <laughs> That's like the motto of my life. Here's the Chambers brothers. Time has come today on Sound Opinion.
Time Has Come Today from the Chambers Brothers on Sound Opinions. A great song about time. I love the comment about uh, Cowbell Jim, uh, Christopher Walken, is saying, man, I, I should have played on that I know, I song know. as well. I, I, more <laughs> importantly, has your soul been psychedelicized, <laughs> Greg God? And not lately. I'm, I'm, I, I think it needs a, an overhaul, a psychedelic overhaul. The Roots are my next choice for a band that produced a great song about time. In fact, I think in some ways their Undone album from uh, 2011 was a meditation on how we use our time, among other things. It's basically about the life of a drug dealer. It, it works in reverse, a concept album. The drug dealer meets a bad end. The song I'm going to play, though, called The Other Side, deals with this whole notion of how we use our very short time on Earth. I think one of the subtexts of this song is that the subject of the song, the, the focus of the album, this drug dealer, realizes that his life is, on Earth is going to be very short because of the kind of business that he's in, because of the fact that he's an African-American in a tough community, in a big city. So he's going to go out and go down in flames. He is not going to spend his life wallowing in self-pity and denying himself all the great things that he could possibly get his hands on when drug dealing makes that a whole lot easier. So there's many levels to this song, but it really comes down to this idea of Time is short. Our, our life is short. How are you best going to use it? And he goes out. He says, if I'm going to hell, I'm going to make an entrance at the very least. He's not worried about the afterlife. But then there's this other voice in the song saying, you know, there's going to be payback in this afterlife. Just be aware of how you conduct yourself, you know, here and now is going to have consequences later on. It may be in the way you end your life. It may also be in the afterlife. It's The Roots with The Other Side on Sound Opinions. Yeah, we obviously need to tone it down a bit. Run around town, spending time like it's counterfeit. Everybody catching hate fever like sinuses. Step in my arena, let me show y'all who the highness is. You might say I could be doing something positive. Humble hands down low and broke like promises. Soaking and broken in a joke like comics is. Not enough paper to be paying folks compliments. But when that paper got low, so did my tolerance. And it ain't no truth in it there without the consequence. Listen. If not for these hood inventions, I'll be just another kid from the block with no intentions. On a dock at that bay, serving a life sentence. Even if I'm going to hell, I'm going to make an entrance, yeah. Let them know I'm getting cheese like Thomas is. But I'm the toast of the town like Thomas is. Of faces from the past we no longer have an image of carrying cold-blooded hearts that never been for love brothers keep going for them but never get enough world travelers that seen it all and did enough only to return and learn the world wasn't big enough damn how long has it been i guess the jig is up now all i know is i'm about to wake this again up yeah, that hindsight, 2020, now the end is dead on the money. Try to take something from me, it's a rap like a mummy undone. I am becoming, and when he's tired of running through the layers of the onion, he'll probably shed a tear, cause there'll be no more fast times. Just as we minds fold out like a bad sign, he never had enough and got confused when they asked why. Life is only a moment of time and it passed by. Yeah. 
That is The Roots with The Other Side on Sound Opinions. We're talking about great songs about the concept of time. Jim, what do you got next? I've got an existential question for you next, Greg. Who knows where the time goes? (laughs) I'll tell you who knew. Sandy Denny, the wonderful lead singer through the early period of Fairport Convention. I'm going to get much more melodic now, much more folky. Fairport Convention, of course, probably the most important band from the British Isles on the folk rock scene. Richard Thompson has been a guest on Sound Opinions, the incredible guitarist of that group. But Sandy Denny, what a voice. Mm -hmm. It was on the third album, 1969, Unhalf Bricking, when she began to assert herself as a a songwriter. You know, originally, Fairport Convention had started with uh, slightly electrified versions of British Isle folk songs. Then they began to emerge as songwriters in their own right. And Sandy Denny, what a masterpiece this tune is. You know, if one measure of a song's enduring worth is the people who've covered it, listen to this list. 10,000 Maniacs, Nina Simone, Judy Collins, Nancy Griffith, Susanna Hoffs and Matthew Sweet, Sinead O'Connor. I think that speaks to the strength of this song and the timelessness. You know, time is an existential issue. (laughs) You know, how much have we got? Have we used it wisely? How much do we have left? We're always asking ourselves these questions, and I think Sandy Denny does it most most poetically and most beautifully on this song. Here it is, Who Knows Where the Time Goes by Fairport Convention on Sound Opinions. Across the evening sky All the birds are leaving But how can they know It's time for them to go Sandy Denny, what a voice. Who knows where the time goes with Fairport Convention. Great choice, Jim, with Sandy Denny. And now that we've shared some of our favorite songs about the fourth dimension, it's your turn, the listener. What's your favorite track about time? Call us at 888-859-1800 and share your opinion. When we come back, we'll reveal our final picks and review the new Kendrick Lamar record. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.
Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott. We are running out of time, Mr. Cott, but we have time for one more song each about time. What have you got? Jim, I've got one of fairly recent vintage. I think one of the best songwriters of the last 10 years is a songwriter by the name of Sharon Van Etten. She has produced a number of really fine albums, and she has this rep as being somewhat uh, uh, tending towards the dark side on her recordings, Uh, not real happy songs in general. Some people say she has an almost fatalistic kind of tone to some of these songs. And this is in particular one that, you know, if you just listen to the chorus, you get the idea that she's in the same territory. Every time the sun comes up, I'm in trouble. This is a track called Every Time the Sun Comes Up from her 2014 album, Are We There? But if you listen to the song more closely, there's a lot more going on here. It is basically, in the tradition of Ice Cube's It Was a Good Day, we're we're basically talking about a diary here, what happened today. This particular song was basically written and recorded on the final day of recording for this Are We There album. And the band was kind of in a giddy mood. They they sleep deprived. They've been working really hard. They were in this mood of celebrating, but there was still a little bit of work to be done. And Sharon gets up on the microphone and starts improvising lyrics about what they did today. And you get this fascinating mix of emotions. You know, this, this whole notion that a day isn't comprised of one mood, but many often conflicting emotions. You know, you're talking about these highs, these lows, and in the in-betweens, there's the mundane, the profane, the humorous, the dark. I mean, humor. We often don't associate that with Sharon Van Etten, but she gets in some lines here, and I can't repeat them on the radio, but they involve a kitchen and a bathroom that are just absolutely hilarious. You know, these daily activities that we go through and just kind of this very realistic uh, look at what a typical day looks like. You ever ever think back on what you did today and go, man, there was there were some you know things yeah, here yeah. that didn't quite go together. How, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Sharon Van Etten kind of gets at that idea here, and I think it's a brilliant song for that reason. Every time the sun comes up, from Sharon Van Etten on Sound Opinions. Sharon Van Etten with Every Time the Sun Comes Up. 
Greg Cott's last great song about time for this show. You can go back in time in our archives and listen to when Sharon was a guest on Sound Opinions. Greg, I've saved, I think, my favorite of this batch for last. I've loved all these songs, though. Time is a good topic. We could, we could take time and do this every <laughs> time. Richard Hell and the Voidoids, Time. Richard Hell debuted in 1977 with one of the all-time greatest, most timeless punk rock albums, Blank Generation. The song, the album, beginning to end a perfect punk rock record. On the artier spectrum, he'd of course been kicked out of television, had dabbled with Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers, then forms this band, The Voidoids. The secret weapon being Robert Quine on guitar. Amazing. The album doesn't connect in the way that the Ramones or the Patti Smith group or the Talking Heads did of that initial New York punk explosion, and it takes hell several years to follow up. The second Voidoids album is not released until 1982, Destiny Street. By that time, only Robert Quine is still in the band. He has a new group, new drummer, new bassist, new other guitarist. What was he doing? Uh, well, partly he was doing a lot of drugs, and he wasn't in great shape. But also, this song, I think, addresses that. Time is not something that can be rushed. You, you move on the clock that you are given, right? Only time can write a song that's really, really real is the line that comes around again and again in this song. You know, Hell was a poet. There's a lot of profundity in this silly little simple folk song. The Voidoids moved fast and hard with a jazzy noise rock bent in terms of the solos with Robert Quine on guitar, but they were a punk band. They hit hard. Drummer on that first album was Mark Bell, later Marky Ramone. This is a completely different sort of song. Mm. This is like a, a folk tune, you know, from the Greenwich Village scene of the 60s. And, you know, the other line that really always sticks with me, it seems you see the most of what is really true only when you're stepping into the hearse. Mm -hmm. There's a cheery thought. You finally get life right, right about when it's time to die. Wow. Richard Hell and the Voidoids, Time on Sound Opinions. Most of man 
Richard Hell and the Voidoids with Time, Jim DeRigatis' final pick for a great song about time, and you can find our complete list for songs about time at soundopinions.org. I got 100 on my dash, got 200 in my trunk. Name in the grab bags, put my Bible in the trunk. Taco vodka on the top of my binocular, I'm drunk. How can I can make them popular? Pop them when I want. See, I'm living with anxiety, ducking that sobriety. Nick, not the system, I ain't up here with society. Justice ain't free, therefore justice ain't me. So I justify his name on obituary. Why you You're listening to Sound Opinions, and that is a track called Untitled 05-09-21-2014. I'll get into the strange titling there in a moment, Greg. But it's Kendrick Lamar from the Untitled Unmastered Surprise Record just dropped apropos of nothing in the wake of his uh, taking home an armful of Grammys and really setting the world on fire with that live performance recently. Kendrick Lamar, I think it's no exaggeration to say, is probably the most important voice in hip-hop to emerge in the new millennium. Starts out as a bedroom rapper, 16 years old, in Compton, making a series of mixtapes. The buzz builds through those mixtapes until 2012 when he signed to the Aftermath label and puts out his debut, Good Kid, Mad City, which is probably the most striking record about the neighborhood of Compton and the plight of South Los Angeles since N.W.A.'s heyday, turns a lot of heads, a lot of anticipation for album number two, To Pimp a Butterfly. You and I both had it among the best albums of 2015. It impressed a lot of people. Free jazz, soul, avant-garde, funk, psychedelic rock, concept albums, storytelling, a really important narrative and musical voice. And now, apparently, Lamar decided to share with us some of the rough sketches. Uh, Eight tracks, 35 minutes, initial demo versions of some of the songs or stuff that never made it onto To Pimp a Butterfly, a work in progress, if you will. Let's hear another one of these tracks in progress. Untitled, unmastered is what he's calling the album. Untitled 3 by Kendrick Lamar on Sound Opinions. What did the Asians say? A piece of mind. That's what the Asians said. I needed divine. Intervention was his religion and I was surprised. Him believing in Buddha, me believing in God. Asked him, what are you doing? He said, taking my time. Meditation is a must. It don't hurt if you try. See, you think it too much. Plus, you too full of yourself. Worried about your career. You have a think of your health. What did the Indians say? A piece of land. That's what the Indian said, I needed the man Telling me longevity's in the dirt Should buy some property first Your profit a better dollar with generational perks Equity had its best, really you should invest These tangible things expire, don't you expect Income with so much outcome And yes, look at my heritage, we blessed what the black man said A piece of That's what the black man said, I needed to push me To the limit that satisfied my hunger We do it all for a woman from here cut to a war We like to live in the jungle, like to play in the peach What you saying to me, he said Come back to reality for a week. It's power. On a new every night, I wouldn't be prouder. You should allow it. A piece of minds. That's what the white man wanted when I rhyme. Telling me that he's selling me just for 1099. If I go platinum from rapping, I do the company fine. What if I compromise? He said it don't even matter. You make a million or more. You're living better than average. You're losing your core, following, gaining it all. He put the price on my talent. I hit the bank and withdraw. Hit the bank and withdraw. Hit the bank and withdraw. Put myself in the rocket ship and I shot for the stars. Look at what you accomplishing. What he said to the bar. I'ma make you some promises that you just can't ignore. Your profession anonymous as an artist. If I don't talk at your market, if you ain't signing your signature when i throw you my wallet a lot of rappers are giving up demo 
fall in the toilet, your war toy, your master's mortgage, I need a piece. That is Untitled 3 from the new Kendrick Lamar record, Untitled Unmastered. You know, Kendrick tweeted about this record around the time he released it, and he said, uh, these are demos from To Pimp a Butterfly in raw form, unfinished, untitled, unmastered. And you mentioned, Jim, this this trend of sort of unfinished product being put out there by, especially rappers. You know, we saw that with Drake last year, recently Kanye West, The Life of Pablo, is a record that was literally being changed, you know, up till the minute he released it. He's still doing it and right he's now. he's still yeah. doing it. And Kendrick is sort of underselling this a little bit, I, I think, in, in presenting it. Oh, these are just like notebook sketches. I mean, to me, the most surprising thing about this eight-track, 34-minute album is how much good stuff he left off to Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah. Because this is quality material. You know, except for the fact that these songs actually don't have titles, names, uh, they, they sound pretty finished to me. And again, Lamar is working at a very high level, both in terms of the scope of the music that he's dealing with, you know, heavy jazz influence in addition to funk and soul. But we got spoken word, avant-garde on here, rock. Also as a vocalist, a rapper, you hear on that song we just played this sort of big brother Kendrick mode. He's sort of the storyteller, mm-hmm. you know, describing this this parable about, you know, I met this man and he was a white man. You know, then on Untitled 4, you know, it's just a series of whispers. In the first track on the album, it's this apocalyptic vision and he sounds like a preacher in, mm-hmm. you know, fire and brimstone mode. So he's playing almost these different characters on each one of these tracks. In addition to the, the scope of the music, uh, the scope of the vocal performance. This is very high quality stuff. And in terms of the work in progress angle, I think it fits in with what Kendrick is uh, addressing in these songs. You know, the idea of struggle, that there are unresolved questions. You know, we're talking about race and racism, identity and self-worth. These are questions that are constantly in flux. We're constantly struggling with them. Why shouldn't the music also be in flux and constantly changing and yeah. adapting to, to how we're dealing with ourselves as human beings. Buy it record all the way for me. I absolutely think it's a buy it, Greg. In fact, I'll say that it's a better effort for, for my taste than Good Kid, Mad City. It is not quite to Pimp Butterfly, which was a masterpiece. I think when he says unfinished, he means that they didn't quite fit into the narrative arc he saw for To Pimp a Butterfly, although many of the themes are the same. When you're saying apocalyptic, man, death faces screaming Mm. in agony, atheists for suicide, planes falling out of the sky, trains jumping off the track, and yet lines like those will be paired to some of the most uplifting music. Mm -hmm. So it is a record about continuing dark times, but the hope that comes from living in a community, of pulling together, of reveling in the joy of music, I think you'd have to go back to someone like Prince when he infamously sort of floats the Black Album and then pulls it off the market to find a record of what is supposed to be odds and ends and sketches that is this strong. Mm -hmm. It really is an impressive accomplishment. So a double buy it for Kendrick Lamar's Untitled, Unmastered. What do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, we're going to take a retrospective look at the year 1991. The year punk broke, Greg. As always, Sound Opinions is produced by Robin Lynn, Evan Chung, Alex Claiborne, and our intern, Libby Gormley. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say.
messages. Hi, my name is Terry Simo. I'm calling from Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, I just wanted to comment on the uh, show you guys did with Alex and Getty from Rush. I really enjoyed it. They're a great interview, and it was handled well. It was respectful. It was fun. It was funny. It was very enjoyable, and it was a total surprise. I didn't know they were going to be on. Thanks a lot. Keep up the good work. Guys, hello. My name is Becca. I'm calling from outside of Philadelphia. And I just want to call and say that evidently I am one of the odd females that is a Rush fan. I did not realize I was, a, I was such a unicorn until after hearing your show just now. Thoughts on that are that at a young age, I really did enjoy reading things like The Lord of the Rings and Beowulf and... Ilya and the Odyssey, and obviously Rush pulls heavily from these types of genres. And so when I listened to the music, it was like the soundtrack to those stories in my head. Thank you. So here's the track that I think is one of the finest moments in music history, let alone Jackie Wilson's career, and I'm talking about Your Love Keeps Lifting Me Higher. And there have been times, Jim, I think there was probably a two-year period in my life where I thought the most perfect track in the world was this particular track. If I ventured in the slipstream Between the viaducts of your dream where my world still runs crack And the Dutch and the back road stop Hi guys, this is Brian Stack calling from New York. I think one of the most perfect songs I've ever heard is Van Morrison's Astro Week, which uh, is just a song that seems completely timeless to me and I never get tired of it and it always seems new to me every time I hear it. So that's one of the, one of the perfect songs I can think of. Thanks. Hi, this is Jeff calling from Honolulu, and my favorite, or what I think is the perfect pop song, would be Telephone Line by Electric Light Orchestra. It's got great drama, it's got most of all, great sound, just these really weird compressed vocals being supported by this heavy drum with these telephone sound effects and these great keyboards and, of course, the strings that are in most uh, electric light orchestra pop masterpieces. So for a long time, I thought that was the 
perfect pop song, and every time I hear it, it always lifts my spirit. Thank you. No more messages. To share your opinions on Sound Opinions, call 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.